ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கி அண்ட் இன் திஸ் எபிசோட் வி பர்சீவ் த ஃபேம் அண்ட் க்ளோரி ஆஃப் அ ரூலர் ஆஸ் போர்ட்ரேட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு சிக்ஸ் பென்ட் ஃபார் த பாண்டியா கிங் பல்யாகசாலை முதுக்குடுமி பெருவழுதி பை த போயட் காரி கிளார் set in the category of padantine or praise of a king the verse etches a detailed portrait of a monarch and renders blessings unto him vada adu panipadu neduvarai vadakkum tena adu urugalu kumariyin therkum guna adu karai porudodu kadar kunakkum kuda adu tonru mudir pavvathin kudakkum கீழது முப்புணர் அடுக்கிய முறைமுதற் கட்டின் நீர்நிலை நிவப்பின் கீழும் மேலது ஆனிலை உலகத்தானும் ஆனாது உருவும் புகழும் ஆகி விரிச்சீர் தெரிகோள் ஞமன் போலர் ஒரு திறம் பற்றல் இளியரோ நின்திறம் சிறக்க செய்வினைக்கு எதிர்ந்த தெவ்வர் தேயத்து கடல் படை குளிப்ப மண்டி அடற்புகர் சிறுகன் யானை செவ்விதன் ஏவி பாசவல் படப்பை ஆறையில் பல தந்து அவ்வையில் கொண்ட செய்வுறு நன்கலம் பரிசில் மாக்கட்கு வரிசையின் நல்கி பணியியர் அத்தை நின்குடையே முனிவர் முக்கட் செல்வர் நகர்வளம் செயற்கே இறைஞ்சுக பெரும நின்சென்னி சிறந்த நான்மறை முனிவர் ஏந்துகை எதிரே வாடுக இறைவ நின் கண்ணி ஒன்னார் நாடு சுடு கமல் புகை எரித்தலானே செலியரத்தை நின் வெகுளி வாழ் இழை மங்கையர்த்துணித்த வாழ் முகத்து எதிரே ஆங்க வென்று எல்லாம் வென்று அகத்து அடக்கிய தண்டா ஈகை தகைமான் கொடுமி தன்கதிர் மதியம் போலவும் தெருச்சுடர் ஒன்கதிர் ஞாயிறு போலவும் மன்னிய பெரும நீ நிலமிசையானே quite a long tribute to this pandya king who is said to have built many religious places during his reign the poet's soaring words can be translated as follows till the snow capped mountain ranges in the north till the fearsome kumari river in the south till the sea that wages war on the shores in the east till the ancient sea from antiquity in the west and till what lies beneath the first of the three arranged levels which is the earth arising out of the waters and till what lies above the mythical land of spirituality may you be feared and famous akin to the pointer of a balance weighing heavy objects never sway to one side may your strengths prosper immersing the lands of your enemies who rise up against you in the sea of your army directing small-eyed elephants with spotted faces to break all obstacles and dash against many a fort near lush fields and taking well-crafted ornaments from within those forts may you offer them to supplicants who stand in line before you let your umbrella bow low only to the three-eyed god statue drawn by priests in the city streets let your head bow down only before the seeking hands of priests who chant the four scriptures let your garland fade only in the smoke rising from the burning lands of your foes let your fury abate before the radiant faces of your women adorned with luminescent white jewels O renowned Pandya king with unending generosity you're one who holds your many victories within your heart in silence 
like the moon that showers cold rays and like the sun that showers scorching bright rays may you rule on o lord upon this land let's explore the subtle nuances in this long song the first point the poet makes is about where and how far the king's fame should spread he talks about it reaching the snow capped mountains in the north which marks the northern border of india today the mighty himalayas then he turns south and talks about a fierce river called as kumari as there is no known river of that name in contemporary tamil nadu some people interpret this reference as talking about one of the rivers in the mythical continent of kumari kandam the lost land of the ancient tamils while there is no scientific evidence thus far to support this theory perhaps this kumari river refers to a river in the southernmost part of the tamil land lost today to changing geology of the terrain two directions done two more remain and both are covered by seas for the eastern sea which we call bay of bengal today the poet makes a curious reference as to it being a sea that constantly attacks the shores pausing for a moment and reflecting on these words makes me think of the monsoon storms that ravage the eastern coast of india from tamil nadu up until orissa in the months of october november and december and makes the meaning of this ancient poet's words relatable about the western sea the one we call as the arabian sea today the poet remarks it to be an ancient ocean that existed from the beginning wonder why the special favoritism to the sea since according to geology both the bay of bengal and arabian sea seems to have formed when the indian subcontinent locked on with the continent of asia moving away from this geography lesson the poet enters the world of mythology and describes his belief of three layers stacked one on top of the other the earth sky and heaven and mentions that the earth is the first of these layers as it rises above the waters the poet concludes his first point saying that the king's fame should spread that far north south east and west and to the lands beneath the earth and the heavenly spaces above the earth one more vital point about the king's impartiality is presented by saying how he must sway not like the pointer of a balance and always strive to never take sides for these poets a king is no king if he doesn't quell his enemies and to relate this effect the poet narrates a battle scene where the king drowns his enemy lance with the sea of his army and rising above like towering waves the king's elephants attack many a fort next to lush fields the significance of forts being next to lush fields is that it's a prosperous land with enough food and when food is in surplus artistry would flourish too right says the poet talking about the well-edged vessels and ornaments to be found inside such attacked forts the poet concludes this segment with the words that the king would lay siege to all the wealth of such forts and then he would offer them to the many supplicants at his court The poet then talks about how the king's umbrella shall bow only before God Shiva's statue and how the king's head shall bow only to the hands of supplicating priests and how the king's garland shall fade only because of the smoke from scorched enemy lands and finally how the king's fury shall diminish 
in the presence of his beautiful well adorned royal women at this point the poet makes a subtle comment about the king saying even though the king may have won many many battles he doesn't boast about it why he doesn't even mention it but keeps it silently within his heart and this is the trait which i found to be unique and if true it sketches a modest and likable personality with a blessing upon the king to rule on land like the cool moon and the radiant sun the poet concludes his paean The thing that struck me in this verse was the geographical knowledge of this ancient poet. Today if we are called to sing such praises we can indeed talk about far away galaxies but imagine thousands of years ago how would a poet in the south know of snow-capped mountains in the north only through the words of travelers and poets i presume. It's amazing how the extent of what this poet describes as the boundaries in every direction almost sketches a map of modern India. And in the final words of the king ruling like both the moon and the sun, there's emphasis on balance between softness and fierceness, between compassion and conquering, symbolizing the perfect fusion of the yin and the yang. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandinikartki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri Vanakkam.